In this week's episode of Farmers Inside Track, how to start a farm without money. It sounds crazy, but it actually can be done. We've tracked down a few farmers with a few tricks up their sleeves. We chat to Opa Chabalala, the human resource manager at Sesi Sonke Farm in Harry Smith in the Free State. Sesi Sonke has built one of the most sustainable farming systems in Mzanzi, and Opa shares some of his practical tips on building a happy workforce. Soil Sisters, our brand new campaign celebrating female farmers across South Africa, is back with beekeeper Metzane Kojane. Her Mahikeng-based agribusiness has the bees and customers buzzing. We stay abreast with the developments in the new agriculture and agro-processing master plan to help move South Africa forward. Dr. Sofiso Ntombela, the Chief Economist of the National Agricultural Marketing Council, shares his insights from the inner circle. Our book of the week, The Tipping Point, How Little Things Can Make a Big Difference by Malcolm Gladwell. The author explores and explains the tipping point phenomenon, which changed how people worldwide think about selling products and sharing ideas. Also in today's show, more about the Hello Tractor farming app and our farmer tip of the week comes from Ludwe Majiza, an Eastern Cape-born permaculturalist. This is Farmers Inside Track, supported by Food from Zanzi. Inspiration for your business and life. From South Africa's farmers and agripreneurs. Hey Mzanzi, welcome to episode 69 of Food from Zanzi's weekly podcast called Farmers Inside Track. I'm your host, Don Numdu. And I'm Duncan Masua, and thank you for listening to South Africa's most downloaded farmers podcast. First up, how to start a farm without money. Yes, it won't be easy, but it certainly is possible to start a farm from scratch. Journalist Donna Van Eden chats to Daniel de Souza. He started a lucrative urban farming enterprise with his brother Devon by using spare land in their hood in the heart of Lelouchia, north of Durban, in KwaZulu-Natal. It might seem impossible to start farming. Where does one get the resources, the hectares of land, the employees and the know-how? But fear not, anyone can become a farmer, even without hundreds of thousands of rands to spend. Daniel de Souza and his brother Devin have proved that farming without land is possible when they started a lucrative farming enterprise called The Farm Next Door in their hood in KZN. Daniel joins us today to answer some questions about how they started up their urban farm with little to no resources and how they utilize small spaces and backyards to their advantage. So Daniel, tell us a little bit about The Farm Nearby. So the farm nearby is an urban farming company based in Durban. We specialize in growing a select group of high-value, quick-growing crops on rented and borrowed land. And this allows us to be strategically positioned in the heart of any urban community. Our current business model primarily focuses on backyards, but with all the positive feedback and input we've received over the past few months, and obviously now our market's more informed, we're now looking to expand our operations towards the indoors, rooftops, hydroponic and more tech-driven spaces. Our vision is obviously to build sound and sustainable indoor and outdoor urban farms in urban areas that are dedicated to food production, education and ultimately community involvement. Unfortunately, unlike us, Western countries don't have access to large pieces of land and that's kind of led them to having to adapt and innovate to the landscape. 
we've yet to see a farming company take hold of the same urban farming approach like Europe in, in the US here in Durban, South Africa. So our vision stems from the original concept, but will obviously enable us to now adapt to the city's need for innovation with the revitalization of old abandoned buildings and factories that have been left to rot in the CBD. And how did you go about starting up the farm with no land and few resources? At the time, I had little to no money, and obviously growing in my own backyard, I wasn't worried about having to find a new space. Our lease had come to an end, and I wasn't sure if I would have another garden in our new home to actually grow in. So in the beginning, for the first three months, I actually drove around the Durban North and Amschlange areas before work, during my lunch break, and then again after work, before coming home, just pitching my ideas and concepts to neighbors and people that I knew who had backyards. Obviously, looking on Google Maps, I could see who had a large backyard and who, who didn't. So in most cases, I would actually just drive by, leave a note on the gates with my details saying and asking, you know, look, am I able to rent your space? And I would repay you when I harvested the goods. I would obviously repay you in produce at the end of every harvest. But <laughs> nothing came of it for the first three months. And to uh, my surprise, my direct neighbor leant over the wall the one day and just said, look, hey, I've got a backyard that's a couple of hundred square meters. And here you go. You can have it scots free. So I started off using my neighbor's backyard at no cost. It was an expense for him. He obviously was paying for it to be mowed every week and for him to have me come in there and actually be productive for the space really blew him away. I've heard that you make use of small plot intensive or spin farming techniques. How does this work and how can other farmers use these techniques to get the most out of their small farms? Spin is an abbreviation for small plot intensive. It's a farming technique that's been around for a while, for a long time. It's not new. It's a technique where small-scale farmers look at a small space as productively and intensively as possible. The technique basically forces the farmer to focus on planting the right crops for the right reason. Obviously, that depends on your market, so do your research first. But it's a technique that's able to be DIY production-based. In other words, because it's small-scale, it's really lean as a model and is low-capital-intensive. I think nowadays, small-scale farmers actually need to be more entrepreneurial-driven with regards to their techniques. I think that the traditional farming methods that are used in South Africa particularly are not necessarily the best and only techniques that can drive sustainable businesses when it comes to small-scale farmers. We ultimately need to be focused on being closer to our markets and that'll change the methods in which we grow. And obviously being closer to the end consumer is where we want to be. So it's as simple as that. Again, if we take a look at the stage of global food tech report, other report that talk about the global hype around food, and then we relate that back to how the agriculture sector is run here in South Africa. The Western countries have been for a number of years and are still increasingly investing into farming 30 billion pounds between 2019 and 2020 alone. I mean, we must shift our focus towards growing our food closer to the city. The shift in focus should allow our commercial farmers with larger pieces of land to focus on exports and increase our local infrastructure that obviously will grow our economy. And obviously that will lend itself to helping emerging farmers grow into commercial farmers. And I think if we do this, we will change the game for everyone. And lastly, what advice can you give to future farmers who want to start farming, but they just don't have the funding to start it up? So I would say my advice to others would be to jump online as soon as you can and dive as deep into as much urban farming content as you can before you do anything. Once you have an idea as to what others have done, the successes, the failures, you can learn from them. Take notes, write your ideas down, and obviously, don't be scared to dream big. I think it's the normal kind of you hear others say when they found a groove that makes business sense for them. Trust your gut, but also lean on the information out there that's freely at your disposal. Do everything yourself, learn the hard way, 
What I mean by that is understand the numbers and results of your hard labor yourself first. Track everything, write everything down, log it all, keep that information and revise it ongoingly. And this will help you when you to scale up. Informing and upskilling farmers or just people in general is something we at the farm nearby have rooted to our core. So when we're in full production, which should be in the next month or so, we aim on sharing our journey with our audience through a series of vlogs, which is videos, showing our audience what it takes to run an urban farm in Durban. And hopefully through our content, showing our progress with all its ups and downs, we would be able to shed some light on the potential that urban farming can have in our local economy and how it can be a game changer for all future farmers out there wanting to make a difference on a bigger Thanks, Zana. Remember to stay tuned to Food for Mzanzi for the latest news on funding opportunities for farmers. Next up, we chat to Opa Chabalala, the Human Resource Manager at Sesisonke Farm in Harrismith in the Northwest. Opa shares some practical tips on building a happy workforce. Get the basics right, which is to me, I always say you've got two resources to work with. One is technical resources, which are your machines and all that. Another one is the human resource element, which is people. People are not like machines because they've got feelings and emotions. And if you make them happy and make them feel at home and understand their issues, I think you will definitely have a good way to go in your work relationship with them. For me, farmers are always being lenient in many issues. Like, for example, if they are the ones that now are like feeding the nation and also that are giving job to the people as people are losing jobs. They always say you mustn't be hard on people, but you must be hard on standards. The standards or principles have been kept correctly. Then I think all that will be depending on that. As I say, if you say being lenient, it's all going to be depend. As I say, and then you're going to be hard on standards, but you must be soft on people. Thanks for joining us, Opa Tsabalala the Human Resources Manager at Sisonke Farm in Harrismith in the Free State. On to other news here on Farmers Inside Track. As you know, recent efforts made in the development of the Agriculture and Agro-Processing Master Plan has been welcomed by Tokodi Diza, the Minister of Agriculture, Land Reform and Rural Development. Dr. Sufiso Ntombela, Chief Economist of the National Agricultural Marketing Council, now joins us to share some developments of this plan. At the moment, what progress has been made in developing the Agriculture Master Plan? Agriculture and Agro-Processing Master Plan is the blueprint strategy that is currently being developed by the different social partners in the agriculture and agro-processing space, led by the Minister of Agriculture, Land Reform and Rural Development, Minister Togotitiza. To this date, the social partners have managed to conduct research, identifying the bottlenecks as well as the opportunities for sustainable growth, competitiveness of the sector, as well as inclusivity of the agricultural value chains. Dr. Mtumbela, what's the road ahead? To date, the social partners have now moved to the stage where they will be able to discuss the specific commitments by different social partners in the master plan, including the targets, the timelines, as well as the implementation strategies of succeeding in ensuring that all the interventions contained in the action plan of the master plan will be implemented on the ground. It is hoped so different social partners should be able to complete this master plan within the first part of 2021 so that it start yielding results for a prosperous agricultural development. Agriculture is not just about farming. It's about caring, and that's an ideal worth preserving. It's yummy. It's good for you. 
and the whole family loves it. It's grain-filled chickens, proudly South African and mouth-wateringly delicious. Discover a world of tasty goodness and visit Grain-Filled Chickens for Siodudzere or like our Facebook page for more. Grain-Filled Chickens, a proud member of VKB. VKB, for the love of the land. Now for our book of the week as chosen by our farmers. This week we're looking at a book titled Tipping Point: How Little Things Can Make a Big Difference by Malcolm Gladwell. The author proved that in the end it is the little things that makes the biggest difference. A couple of years ago I was covering the AIDS epidemic. So I got very interested in the internal dynamics of epidemics right. because they have a, their own sort of weird logic. And it just began to occur to me that I didn't understand why when we talk about contagious things we confine our conversation to viruses or to diseases. Mm. So many different things are other things, ideas, trends, song lyrics are contagious in precisely the same way. I mean, I talk in the book about the word yawn. If I say the word yawn long enough, you will start mm. yawning. People watching a show will start yawning. That's an incredibly contagious word. And it's contagious in precisely the same way as it's mm. spreading from one source everywhere. But there is the same thing is true for products or ideas or behaviors especially. I talk in, in the book about all kinds of contagious behaviors. From epidemiologists who yeah. have over the last 100 years have spent an extraordinary amount of time describing and understanding the the sort of subtle dynamics of when I give an example in the book of syphilis epidemic in Baltimore. Baltimore in the space of really a year goes from a town with a negligible syphilis problem to being having one of the worst syphilis problems in the world actually. That phenomenon has been really beautifully described and studied by a number of epidemiologists. It's a really powerful model for several in the book but for thinking about the spread of anything in a contained population. The tipping point is the word to describe that moment in the epidemic when it explodes, when the moment of critical mass. And if you look at every epidemic, there is always that moment when the curve suddenly shoots up very sharply and dramatically. And so understanding how you can get to the tipping point is really this is the critical question when you're looking at something that's contagious. Thanks Malcolm Gladwell. Remember, you can email info at foodformzanzi.co.za if you want to suggest the next book of the week. Next up, our app of the week. The Hello Tractor app allows farmers to schedule tractor services with ease. Its cool features include service booking, land measurement, and weather forecasts. Communications lead at Hello Tractor, Priscilla Asonibare, tells us how to navigate this exciting app. Hello Tractor is an agricultural technology company that is making it easier for farmers to access tractors for their farms by using technology to connect them to tractor owners operating within their vicinity. The Hello Tractor mobile application is a must-have for every farmer because it allows them book tractors for all their farm operation needs including land preparation services such as plowing and harrowing, top dressing services such as fertilizer application, as well as spraying, harvesting, and haulage. By booking through Hello Tractor, farmers only pay for the services that they need at a fraction of the cost of manual labor and are able to plant on time and fully cultivate their land for increased yields and higher profits. We're already working closely with our partners such as AFAP and KA Seeds to ensure that all South African farmers can fully benefit from our services. To access our app today, just search for Hello Tractor on Google Play Store, download and install the app, register as a farmer, set your farm location, and you can immediately start booking for service. 
To learn more about Hello Tractor, visit us at www.hellotractor.com. Our solution also allows tractor owners to better manage and professionalize their fleet for increased revenue and more meaningful impact on farmers. We welcome tractor owners in South Africa to sign up on our platform to enjoy these benefits and so much more. Life in South Africa can be a lot. I mean, scroll through Twitter for a minute and tell me I'm wrong. Thank God for South Africans though, right? We're inspiring and even on the bad days, we fight back with a smile. That's why I love Food for Mzanzi so much. They're not ashamed to celebrate the ordinary unsung heroes who work every day to put food on our nation's tables. Go to foodformzanzi.co.za and never miss an inspiring story. You're tuned into Farmers Inside Track, proudly brought to you by Foodform Zanzi. Powered by Corteva AgriScience, we are now introducing you to an extraordinary woman farmer participating in a year-long blend development program at the Gibbs Business School. This week, we meet beekeeper Metsane Kojane. This soil sister runs Eden Roots in Mahikeng, where she produces honey and beauty products with the honey from her bee farm. Metsana, where and how did your farming journey start? I would say my farming journey started in junior high school. We had agriculture offered as a subject. When I really felt inspiration to venture into agriculture, or when I knew that agriculture is something that I really love, or I find intriguing, was when we were learning about propagation and, you know, I was fascinated about you know, making cuttings and grafting and all that, it really spiked that interest. I suppose the herbs, the decision to farm herbs was probably influenced by the church that I grew up in. It's a church that advocates for use of natural alternatives to healing. It's the only life that I've ever known. When I get sick, the first thing that I think about is which herb to take, which home remedy to concoct, as opposed to running to a doctor or running to a pharmacy. As for beekeeping, I think the bees found me. I never went out looking for the bees. When I was busy with my horticulture, planting my herbs and, you know, minding my own business, I found bees in an old borehole. It was love at first sight and taking them on was never a hassle or I didn't feel any burden. It was a match made in heaven because of the relationship between bees and horticulture and their pollination role. And I suppose also the other ingredients in terms of healing ingredients that I also needed, such as propolis and royal jelly, just to name a few. So yes, in a nutshell, that is how my farming journey started. Maybe you can tell us about some of the toughest lessons you've learned along the way. I don't know if I would call them tough lessons, but maybe just lessons. There's always this feeling inside of me that I wish I had embarked on this journey when I was much younger. I wish once that spark was ignited by the lessons that I was getting at school, I wish that there was somebody else to nurture that 
and to groom me as a farmer and also just to expose me more to it. But then my parents were not farmers. My grandparents were. Whenever we visited them over school holidays, that's when I got to interact with farming. They had chickens, they had a chicken farm at some point, and they also did a bit of crop farming. So that's where, away from school, you interact with farming. And I wish my parents had also been in that sort of lifestyle or business. I guess what I would call a tough lesson was, I guess it's something that also came with being a child. So having a very myopic outlook to life, probably. I used to think that farming was something that is an uncivilized thing to do. Can you imagine that? I thought farming was something for people who are illiterate. I thought farming was just for that category of people. And I wanted more for myself. I thought working in an office was something much more elite and sophisticated. And that's what I wanted for myself. And little did I know. That is the one thing that I kick myself for. And I guess it was also lack of proper road modeling when it comes to agriculture. And then finally, any advice to other women entering the farming arena? The advice that I'd give to other women entering the farming arena is don't wait to have a piece of a huge piece of land. You can start small. Even if you don't have any piece of land at all, you can do it in a tin, a recycled tin, or even in tires. Just get that seed and bury it in the soil and then water it, nurture it. Just take the Nike approach. I always say that. Just do it. As women, we are born nurturers. We nurture children all that we take care of children. We remind them from baby to adulthood. And I guess that's similar to farming. You plant a seed, you nurture it until it grows. You look after it when it's sick. You take care of it. And women have always done that best. And I think that is why women make the best farmers. Another thing that I would encourage women to do, or just any parents in general, it is to introduce their children to agriculture, expose them to agriculture a lot more. I feel like agriculture is innate for every human being. I believe that's how we were built within us to make our own food through agriculture. At some point in everyone's life, or the best of us. We do tend to agriculture. And it's actually something that shouldn't be a retirement hobby. We should have role models that are in the agricultural field. I try to make a difference, the little difference that I can make in the space that I'm in. I try to talk to a lot of young people. I try to invite little kids got a group of young children that I intend to group up and they are already in a group sort of form and I'm going to start having sessions with them where I teach them whatever knowledge they can grasp when it comes to agriculture and you know give them some practicals to do and all that. I think if we were all to do that, impart or influence and expose our children, I think would have a lot of future great commercial farmers that are black people. That was Mzanzi's very own Queen Bee, Metsane Kojane. Keep on keeping on.
Thanks, Matsana Kojane. I can't wait to hear who's next on our Soil Sisters campaign, powered by Corteva AgriScience. Remember to stay tuned for our Farmer's Tip of the Week from Ludwe Majiza, an Eastern Cape-born permaculturalist. But first, on a lighter note, food enthusiast Danae Vermeulen says balsamic vinegar is her ingredient to cooking a perfect Mzanzi home-cooked meal. Currently, I quite enjoy using balsamic vinegar. It's a great thing to add flavor to in an oniony dish or tomato dish. It's a perfect flavor and acidity. It adds that little bit of sweetness. Thanks, foodie Danae Vermeulen. Be sure to check out her interview and recipe on foodformzanzi.co.za. Agriculture is not just about farming. It's about caring. And that's an ideal worth preserving. It's super fresh. It's super soft. And it makes any meal a treat. It's super sure bread and super sure flour. A proud member of the VKB Group. From breakfast to lunch and even birthday cakes, Supershaw makes the whole family smile. Find Supershaw on Facebook or visit vkb.co.za for more info. VKB, for the love of the land. We've just about reached the end of this week's Farmers Inside Track episode. But before we let you go, Ludwig Majiza, an Eastern Cape-born permaculturalist, shares his top three farming tips. Here are my three tips on permaculture. Firstly, learn and understand the ethics of permaculture. Learn and understand the design principles of permaculture. These are what set the tone and help you understand what permaculture is and most importantly, how to implement it. Secondly, work with others, learn from others, plant with others, even if it's using different mediums, technology, YouTube videos and any sort of other digital media you can find. Thirdly, practice, 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 practice. Irrespective of how small a piece of land you have, how small a space you have, from a pot plant to a hectare and even more, you will be able to implement permaculture. And Ludwig Majiza's Farmer Tip of the Week brings us to the end of this week's Farmer's Inside Track, proudly brought to you by Food Form Zanzi. For daily inspirational stories about the farmers and agriculturalists to go above and beyond to feed South Africa, visit www.foodformzanzi.co.za or follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And remember, if you love this podcast, please rate it and share it with your friends, family members and fellow farmers. The Farmer's Inside Track is available for free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. And of course, also on foodformzanzi.co.za. From me, Dornumdu, Duncan Masiwa, contributors Donna Van Eden, Nolutandu Ngakani and the rest of the Food Form Zanzi team, have a great week. And please, let's continue to keep each other safe during the COVID-19 pandemic. What joins a continent but its continuous flow over mountains, through rivers, in the rhythm of the land? What ignites its future but the promise to fulfill, to protect and grow? The very life of tomorrow.
is why we do what we do under the African blue. Corteva. Keep growing. You've been listening to the Farmer's Inside Track podcast, supported by Food Form Zanzi. For more information, find us on www.farmersinsidetrack.co.za.